0: And a very good day this is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And we're going to start out this week with 2 Timothy 3:16. And it says every scripture is god-breathed, given by his inspiration, profitable for instruction, for reproof, and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. So let's read the first few words again. Verse 16 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Every scripture. It's every single verse in the Word of God. Every single one. Whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament. So it's every scripture. Even your favorite scripture and even the one that you don't like that much. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration. So you will hear plenty of people say, I don't believe in the Bible because man wrote the Bible. It was not God who wrote the Bible. They will say to you, it was man who wrote the Bible. And the answer you should always remember to give them is, You are correct that man may have uh, taken his hand and uh, written on scrolls and and uh, all types of things to record the scriptures. Man may have physically put uh, ink to paper using their fingers, but the the person and persons that did that were inspired and directed to put on paper what the Holy Spirit. Had told them to put on paper, Amen. So every scripture is God breathed, given by His inspiration. So the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the Word of God, the writers of the Bible, to write those verses in the way they were written. So while it is true that man did did uh, man wrote the physical words on. Paper or scrolls, or whatever form the Holy Spirit was the one that uh, inspired them to put what they put, and these were men of God. there was a people of God that had their hearts to the Lord, and the Lord was able to use willing vessels that heard him clearly to write these words to write the scriptures on paper or scrolls or whatever form so Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration. So whatever you read in the word of God, it is written by God because it was inspired by God. Man just recorded what he heard from the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit dictated the scriptures for that person to write. And today we have the old, the books of the Old and the New Testament based on the inspired breath of God, Inspiring those people to record what they were inspired to write, rather like an author of a book is inspired in his or her heart to write a novel. Um, not quite as great as what this is, though, uh, because a author may not be, uh, may well be just writing out of the heart, uh, a carnal heart that he has or she has, not having any right relationship with the Lord. They might be very good at writing romantic novels, but the Word of God is the best love story ever written, and God wrote it himself. The love story that Jesus died for you because the Father so loved you, that is the best love story that will beat any novel in your local bookshop or on the uh, internet. Amen? So today, every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction. So the word of God is useful, it's profitable, uh, profit is gained by using the word of God for instruction, for reproof, for correction, and also for someone to be convicted of their sin. It Notice how it says conviction of sin, and this is the Amplified Classic Edition of 2 Timothy 3. Verse 16, it says conviction and not condemnation, because condemnation, God does not condemn you of your wrongdoing. He convicts you. The Holy Spirit convicts you of wrongdoings so that you are alerted and you are, your conscience is recognizing that you did wrong. That is the love of God wanting you to do better, wanting you not to commit sin. Uh, because God loves justice he He's a holy God, and we must be holy as He is holy, we must be holy and blameless. and if we are able to be blamed through committing a sin, if we slip, we should immediately repent, which means no longer do that, and turn to God and say, "God, please forgive me of my sin." Uh, that's first John chapter one, verse nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful to forgive us our sins, and he also cleanses us of all unrighteousness, not through condemnation, but through conviction. And the uh, verse 16 in 2 Timothy chapter 3 continues, for correction of error and discipline in obedience. So we have to be obedient because we are sons of God, but we need to have humble hearts to worship him, but to also do what he told us as, as well, which is to uh take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. We've been talking about thoughts for the last couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about thinking and thoughts again this week. Because as a new identity, uh, as your new identity in Christ, we're not to think the old way we used to think, the old man. We're supposed to put on the new man, and we're supposed to think the way that God thinks about things. Amen. So, we are supposed to be obedient, taking every thought captive, because God loves us and he wants us to be on the correct path with our thinking. Because when we think the way God, think, God thinks, then we are able to do what with God, in partnership with God, as co-laborers with God, what God wants to do upon this earth, because he wants to bring his will from heaven to earth. And that's what Jesus told the disciples to pray, that Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So we are to be obedient to understand the nature of God, the will of God over this earth, over sickness and disease, over deliverance from demons, uh, deliverance from wrongful thinking and carnal thinking. And carnal thinking is simply thinking something that the enemy would think, thinking something that the devil would think, thinking things that uh, we thinking things that are not the truth of the word of God, that that's the simplest way to put it. If you're thinking something and it doesn't line up with God's nature, um, God's goodness, something, something that you would expect, uh, God to think, if it doesn't line up with that, then you're thinking carnally and we must think based on what God thinks. And God thinks the way he writes and he inspired his to his inspired writings, Uh, We can see in verse 16, where God breathed, he breathed them, given by his inspiration to the writers of the Bible. Remember, they didn't write the Bible. They just took down what they heard in their hearts, or perhaps an audible voice of God. We won't know. But either one, God wrote the Bible. Amen. So, the word of God is profitable for instruction, for reproof, conviction of sin, so that we would uh, turn from our wicked ways and and uh, be delivered from this bondage and uh, sin and wickedness and uh, all these things that keep us in chains unnecessarily when Jesus the has already set us free by the blood that he shed on the cross he set us free uh, from the law of sin and of death and uh, the law of, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus Romans 8 says has set us free from the law of sin and death so it's no Need to still roll around in sin when you've been born again. It's it's not just you shouldn't need to. You shouldn't do it because you're you're being in disobedience, disobedience to the Lord, and you should be in obedience to the Lord. It is so, not you. If you've ever committed um some kind of a um act, uh, and someone says to you that's so unbecoming of you, that's so not you, that was totally out of character. And you realize in your conscience, yeah, that really wasn't me. I'm not sure what I was thinking. That is an example of what God would say to you that when a born-again believer commits an act as a sinner commits an act. Um, it's so unbecoming of you. It's so not you. You are so not that person anymore. You are brand new. You are born again. You are a new creation All things are new. Behold, old old things are passed away. So we are supposed to be obedient to the Lord. And uh, the scripture continues, and for training in righteousness, okay, in holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time on this as well, because some of us might think, well, the minute I get born again, I'm under the microscope of God. God's got a big microscope, and he's expecting me to behave every single day, not be in sin. Yes, in our hearts, we should be, to the best of our ability, we should not be slipping. We should not be falling into sin. Uh, We should be taking every thought captive in obedience to Christ. We should be uh, thanking the Lord for delivering us from temptations every day. We should be committing our eyes to him and not to other things that our eyes should not take in, Uh, because remember what our eyes see. Uh, our soul is affected by it, our mind, will, and emotions. We don't want our heart um, uh, stained with the wickedness of what we see. Amen. So, But notice how it says, and for training in righteousness. So that means that we need to be trained in understanding how to be righteous in holy living. Notice that You need to be, you you need to be trained in something that you don't already know how to do. So even after you have been born again, you still may not know how to be living holy. You will start to be convicted more and more by the Holy Spirit of things that you need to give up. But you also need to spend time in the Word of God every day and seeking the Lord's heart and uh, if you read the books of James, for example, the book of James in the New Testament is very good to understand uh, basic uh, rules for a new believer, and uh, there's no harm in for even some believers who have been a believer for some time to go back and reread that book. It's only five chapters. It's a very good uh, primer, as they say, and that will help you understand holy living, and uh, it will help you with Second Timothy 3, verse 16. It says in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action, and this all ties back again to God's heart. What is your Father's, your heavenly Father's will over something? In conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. That's how verse sixteen ends in the Amplified Classic Edition. So, uh, God's will in thought, purpose, and action, and some of you may say, "Well, I." God's thoughts are not my thoughts. God's ways are higher than my ways. That is written in the Word of God. it is a verse in scripture. however, bear in mind that this was particularly for people who were not born again because how a born-again believer according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16, is has the mind of christ so how can you have the mind of christ but yet not have not know the ways of the lord it's like that's not possible so when you have the mind of christ which a new believer has it doesn't mean that immediately the the new believer becomes born again that he automatically know everything god knows in their in their soul that's their mind will and emotions but they already now know it in their spirit because the spirit that God gave you when it was regenerated at the moment of your rebirth, when you gave your life to Christ, that new spirit in you knows all things because we are one spirit with the Lord. So if you're one with something, why would you not automatically know what that all about that thing that you are one with? <clears throat> if you are one with, If you are married, you are one flesh. You will start to end your spouse's sentences. When they begin a sentence, you will know exactly what they're thinking. You will know exactly how they will end the sentence, and you can end it for them, and they will look at you like, you read my mind. So in God's will, in thought, purpose, and action, we have to know God's will. So if you are one one spirit with the Lord, which we are as a new creation, as believers in God, then we should begin to understand the things of the Lord. But what needs to happen for that to take place? Well, God gave us a brand new spirit, but remember that Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says that in the letter of Paul to the Romans, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so we have to be transformed so you might say well i thought i was transformed when i gave my life to christ when i became born again well obviously that's not true otherwise they wouldn't need we wouldn't need to renew our minds if it's automatic when we give our life to christ god does not change people's minds people decide to change their minds god uh, when when you change your mind and you decide to give your life to christ god then By your decision that you made, God comes in and gives you a brand new spirit. So your old spirit is no more and your spirit is regenerated. It's brand new and it knows all things that God knows. It knows scriptures. It knows all the verses of the Bible. It knows all things because it's one with the Lord. But notice how your thinking is still the same. That same day you gave your life to Christ, you're still thinking the same thing. So he didn't change your thoughts. He just acted upon a thought that you had when you made your decision. Now, a very critical thing happened. You you were given a brand new spirit. That was a major decision. The most biggest decision you made of your life was giving your life to Christ because that determined uh, where you will go. If you continue committed to Christ, amen, committed to Him, if you are one of His, if you love Him, if you obey His commandments, if you continue to follow Him, okay, that would determine your destination after you take your last breath upon this earth. And we are to continue to follow Him, amen. We don't want to be spat out as a lukewarm Christian, amen. We, It is better to be cold or hot, Cold meaning you are not born again, so God can can put people in your life to deal uh, to to witness to you about the truth and the goodness of God, and and for them to tell you about their testimony, so that you may be convicted and turn your life over to Him. Or He prefer, He prefers you the other extreme, which is hot on fire for God, just willing to do whatever God uh, leads you to do, doing uh, obeying His commandments, obeying His. Uh, scriptures doing what Jesus told you to do which is how do you know that Jesus whatever Jesus told his disciples to do we are to do it great commission mark chapter 16 Matthew chapter 28 but we are we are to understand the things of the Lord by reading the word of God because then because we have the mind of Christ now we have to read the word of God and know that that's god's way of thinking so you end up knowing god's character knowing god's nature being obedient to him and now you know his ways you know his thoughts you know what he would if you started a sentence uh, or if he started a sentence you would be able to finish it if he said to you uh do you think you should go over and lay hands on that sick person you'd say yes You would answer him because you you don't have to look that up in the scriptures because you already did previously. Your mind is renewed. You know your daddy's, you know your heavenly father's intentions, you know his heart, his nature. You just carry it out without even being asked. As a child, once you were taught to take the rubbish or the trash out several times, even though you didn't want to do it, you ended up knowing that that's what your parents wanted you to do every evening at six o'clock. And you ended up doing it even without being asked because that was the nature of your parents to expect you to do that. Amen. Uh, This is similar. God has paid a very high price, not just for your soul and for you to be born again, but for every other soul on this planet by sending his son to die on the cross for you and shed his blood. So now we are to uh, be partakers of God's divine nature and showing people the light that is within us, that is Christ, letting our light so shine upon men, so that God gets the glory, but then people get convicted of their sin, that they turn from their wicked ways, and they realize that they have been blinded by the devil for too long, and they finally see the truth, and are set free only by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We are set free. They are set free by Jesus' blood. Amen. So, the end of verse 16, for training in righteousness. So, we are every day, we are reading the Word of God. We are being trained in how to be holy. Amen. So, every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof, and conviction of sin, and for correction of error, and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, and in thought, Purpose and action. The best life on this earth is a life that is serving the Lord and serving His creation, being used by God and working with God as co laborers with God to set the captives free on this earth. I can assure you there's no more joyful experience in our hearts where Jesus is in our hearts. The joy of the Lord is our strength. To that to be used by the Lord to pray over the sick, to help people be set free from uh, their their old understanding and regrets in life, and show them that God is a good God and He has paid with His blood on the cross and so that you may be set free and that you can be these people as you're gonna be set free and you can be used by the Lord. There's no more. Uh, there's no more happy situation than that. Joyful on the streets every day, being able to do that in hospitals, in uh, in places of worship, in places of uh, where you work. Amen. So, um, but what you think, what you know, it's so important. And read the Word of God. Amen. Read the Word of God and spend time in the Word and spend time with Him every day. And he will reveal truth to you. As you're reading the word, you will get ideas. You will get answers to problems that have nothing to do with the verse you just read. God, you will start to hear God's voice clearer and clearer. Amen. So today, give all your fears to him or your worries to him. Cast your cares and your burdens on him. Because that is a waste of time. It is such a waste of time to worry about a single thing, especially right now. Any day of the week, any circumstance in this world, do not fear. For if if God is for you, who can be against you? Amen. The Bible says that God is for you. He's not against you. The devil's against us, but God is bigger than the devil. They are not the same size. God created this universe. and, And I thank you, Lord, today that you are mighty. You are the almighty. You are the maker of heaven and earth. I thank you, Lord, today that they are understanding, they are new in their identity in you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, today that you are speaking to their hearts, that you are encouraging them to read your word, to get saturated in the truth, has an appetite to read the Bible, to understand who they are in Christ, reading the books of Colossians, Philippians, Galatians, Ephesians. We thank you, Lord, today for your word that is God breathed. You breathed this word just like you breathed into the nostrils of Adam. You breathed this word, your inspired word, and allowed people to write down what they heard, what they felt in their heart they should write, which is the truth, which is you, which is you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord Jesus, you are the word made flesh. No one comes to the Father except through you. So in the name of Jesus right now, I just speak life. I speak your life and healing over every sick person uh, living upon this earth right now, including those uh, hearing our voices today, Lord. Your voice hopefully is being heard louder than mine through this recording. And I thank you, Lord, today. We bless you. I speak life to everybody's Anatomy right now from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. I command cancer to be gone. I command tumors to be gone. I curse the tumors like the fig tree. It will shrivel up into nothing in Jesus' name. I speak life into their bloodstreams. I thank you, Lord, for life to their stomachs in Jesus' name. Command all uh, digestive systems to be healed. I command all diseases and sickness to flee by the name of Jesus and faith in that name in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for headaches to be gone, migraines to be gone. I thank you, Lord, for a peace, a supernatural peace that when they hear this recording, even though it's recording, because you are so powerful, you can respond based on a recording. You do, Lord, I thank you for your goodness by your Holy Spirit, bringing peace to this area where it's being listened to. I thank you, Lord, that people would trust in you with all their hearts. They would not give any part of their heart away except to you, that they would give their whole hearts to you like they give their whole hearts to their spouses and their families, but they would give their whole hearts to you in Jesus' name, that you would heal any part of their heart that still needs healing. Thank you, Lord, that they would cast their cares upon you. They would cast their regrets upon you, but they would realize that those regrets belong to the old person that they used to be, the old thinking, the carnal thinking. And they are no longer that person. The, the, the old has passed away, according to your word, Lord. The new has come. And the, and the new things, they are of you. We are of you now. We are not of our past. The past is gone. The past is history. And our old self is History. And you remember our sins no more. So, Lord, thank you for freeing us of these things today. Thank you, Lord, for freeing us at the cross of all bondage and wickedness and, and the law of sin and of death. And we praise you for your goodness, your undeserved favor in our lives. We didn't deserve your love. We don't deserve for you to talk to us because we sinned at that tree on Genesis in Genesis 3, verse 6. But, Lord, I thank you today that because you loved us so much, You sent your son anyway to die for us that we may be redeemed, reconciled back to you to have a loving relationship with you, but also to subdue this earth and to bring your will from heaven here in Jesus name. Amen. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your healings that have occurred, the healings that God has done in your life, in your body. Not necessarily just because we've been praying it on these broadcasts, but anytime in your life, we want to hear God's victories in your life so we can read them out on this program. We would love to hear from you. Please send them to our email address at touchofgodradio at gmail.com, touchofgodradio at gmail.com. And you can also find us online at YouTube and Facebook at Radio. So until next week, have a wonderful and blessed week. In Jesus' name, amen.